Uh, what up, y'all? Welcome back. Rambles from the Garden. Season 3 premiere, I guess if you want to call it that. Uh, brought to you by Anchor FM, the best free podcast website on the market. Uh, I'm here with my partner, Nick Rinaldi, as you all remember. Hello, um, hello, hello. We're here after a very long and quiet summer of not podcasting. And we want to get into your ear holes and talk about some stuff. Um, Nick, I don't know if you had anything you particularly wanted to jump in on, because you did kind of initiate this episode today. Yeah, I thought, you know, season starting, let's like, let's have a, you know, a ramble show, because it's kind of appropriate considering like preseason is going to start on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So that'll be obviously preseason is preseason, but like that'll be the first actual uh you know view that we'll get of like this Knicks team despite it being like a quarter of the starters even in um so I mean we can really start anywhere like I feel like it might be the most appropriate to start with like the biggest thing and and I want I want to clarify maybe if you want to talk about this Rob we can but no Donovan Mitchell this podcast we're moved on he's not coming here we didn't do the trade where some people are happy with it. I'm personally happy with it. It is what it is. He's not here. So he's not here in the season. So he's not a part of the season preview. No, that's, yeah, that, that's, you know, that's my there's point no, of view. There's no point in talking about it as it is like getting Donovan Mitchell is always going to be a challenge, a challenge. And yeah. uh, you know, Nick's Twitter was divided, divided on it all summer. And uh, there, there's no need to talk about Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yeah, the hopefuls that want to be mad that we didn't get him. Sure. But like, I don't think he was the franchise alter that everybody thinks he is. I don't care if he's a superstar. Um, you know, he's not the guy that you give up the package for. We're, we're over it. We got Brunson. We signed him. He was a good signing. That That's where we can transition to, I guess. So we're over it. We're building with the youth. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great transition is the, the acquisition of JB. Yeah, we were. Uh, I mean, New York's just basically keeping it the same as last year with the addition of Brunson now, obviously. And, um, Oh, one second. Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, the Brunson acquisition, um, I think, is already a good step in the right direction. There, there was no need to get Donovan Mitchell and have two small guards. Um, again, no, no more Donovan Mitchell talk. Uh, the other things that are cool to talk about, obviously, are RJ's extension and Mitch's extensions. Um, I mean, they both technically broke the Charlie Ward curse now. That is now two Knicks um, players on the rookie contracts that finally got the extensions that they deserved. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, the RJ extension definitely brought up some, uh, not not with, with Knicks fans, so to speak, but like other people, I guess, who are like, for instance, like the Tyler Hero fanatics saying like, oh, he's an overpay and blah, 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 and Tyler Hero is better, all that. And it actually brought Tyler Hero to saying something recently that Carlos brought to my attention. Um so just basically we, that he, he was do we saying want to like, talk oh, about the extension or do we want to dump jump into the JB acquisition first? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. We, okay. we could go based off one or the other. Um, cool, cool, cool. You know, I mean, the Brunson signing was the first transaction that was big. So definitely get into that. Cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like. You know. We've been, I guess, to, to start with, like the Jalen Brunson acquisition. Um, just cause like the extensions came afterwards. Um, 
Yeah, man, I, I was, as you know, I'll, I'll share like how I felt personally from the beginning. And then, you know, now I, how I feel with him going into the season. Um, yeah, I was did, a li- did a little flip flop. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what other people want to call it, but I, I think I was consistent in my argument. No, 100% I think fair. like it, during the draft, um, people, we were trying to get off Kemba. Um, you know, this was back when people were trying to acquire Jaden Ivy. Um, you know, we were, rumored to have given up like three first round picks or some something along those lines, like two first round picks to attach to Kemba to trade to Detroit. I think in that deal, like we actually got some picks back as well. Um, but that was the first really indicator that we were going to go for Jalen Brunson because we were trying to clear out more cap space to actually make that signing. At this point, I was not too happy that we were w- willing to give up youth. I wanted to, you know, try to trade up for Jaden Ivey if they could. I believe Leon and co, uh, you know, did their very best to try to do so. Um, so I was opposed to it. I'm like, like Jalen Brunson is not a guy that is going to make you this championship caliber team and giving up first round assets is not worth it. But upon acquiring him, um, and, you know, understanding like his play style, um, his ability to play in transition, his ability to use footwork, his demeanor, um, his toughness and his ability to just sort of lead like, you know, we saw the Mavericks, him lead the Mavericks in the playoffs with Luca out. I think it's a fantastic addition to this team. And plain and simple, we really haven't had a good point guard in 20 years. I mean, Raymond Felton was maybe the best one. Um that we've had, man, you could argue, you know, Stefan Marbury years ago. Um, that was a, you know, a long time ago. It's a different game today. And Jalen Brunson's 25 years old, man. Uh, you know, I don't remember if you know the, the specifics of the contract, Rob. I'm actually trying to look right now. It looks like, oh, yeah, four-year, $104 million. Anyone there's that wants incentives, to... I think, to go up a little bit, but I don't remember the, the, the stuff about that. That makes sense. I mean, you know, there's probably incentives to make an all-star team. I know mm-hmm. it is declining. So like this year he's making 27 million. And by the end of the, uh, the by, by the player option year in four years, it's going to be a uh, $24 million contract with the salary cap going up. That's a great contract. Oh, We're yeah. getting him before he enters his prime and he's still a part of the youth. I mean, he's 25 years old. Like that is still technically a part of this youth movement of the team. And he, the way he presents himself, he doesn't see, like he's that he's that young um so i think honestly it's a great signing it's gonna be nice gonna have some structure at point guard and have someone take the ball up the court um and and really run an offense uh outside of you know rj and randall and i think despite you know my desire for rj to be the guy and you know take those difficult shots uh at the end of the game he is he's got the ability to be a closer which is something we lacked which randall does have the ability to do and rj is actually has some of the highest field goal percentage in the fourth quarter out of all all players in the nba uh but despite that you know he doesn't always have to be that guy to look for to be the closer. You know, he has a little bit difficulty, um, you know, creating shots off the dribble. Hopefully we see an improvement on that, you know, more on that later. But I think, you know, that'll be a big addition is, you know, consider the last two years, how many games we actually lost, but how many games we lost because we just couldn't close out in the fourth quarter, a lot of them. So I think that addition will help. Um, So that's just my general sum summation of, you know, why I like the signing, why initially I was opposed, you know? Yeah, no, hundred percent. All fair points too. And, um, you know, I, I've been 
behind the Brunson signing since before it ever happened, as you know. And I was arguing with you on draft night about it. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're both on the same page now. Um, I think Brunson's performance in the playoffs this past season definitely makes him stick out. And I think it's going to help the Knicks in the long run, ultimately. And uh, like you said, he's 25, turning 26, or is already 26. Um, He's got that declining contract, descending contract, sorry. And, uh, you know, that's only going to help the Knicks in the upcoming seasons, being able to sign other people if they need to, you know, other superstars, trading for other superstars if need be, so they have the room to pay them. Um, The Knicks still have their war chest of picks and stuff and, Uh you know, youth. So if... You know, they do want to move on from like an Emmanuel quickly, a Quentin Grimes, et cetera, et cetera. They can still do that. Um, but, you know, they don't have to, they can be more selective, I guess, with how they package things. Because, um, I mean, this summer was also just a rare instance in, um, you know, NBA movement and NBA player movement and stuff. The Rudy Gobert trade like set the world on fire, basically. So you know that Danny Ainge was trying to exploit each and every team he could to get as much as possible. And inflated everything, man. Yeah. The whole trade market. Horrible. The inflation in the trade market this year was incredible. So, um, yeah, I, I, Brunson, I think is going to be a nice positive. Um, I, I think he's going to help even like RJ and Randall, who's been in the league for nine years now. I think they're going to grow, grow and be better for it knowing that um, Brunson can be there facilitating and orchestrating things. Because, I mean, we've seen it. You could watch all the highlights. And, you know, I don't watch, like, full Mavericks games. But uh, you just see that Brunson knows what he's doing. He knows how to break down defenders. And doing that and being able to pass out of those situations is exactly something that the Knicks have needed, like you said, for at least, like, three decades now. Um, You know, you got a little bit of it from Randall. Uh, the year that they made the fourth seed. But, I mean, that's shouldn't be his role. He shouldn't be the point forward. He can do it sometimes. I don't think doing it all the time and sticking to that as a game script is a, a good idea. Uh, so, you know, Brunson's going to help out there. And I think RJ is also going to benefit, like, the most possibly because he'll have better opportunities to score um, yep. in comfortable positions that he likes to work with. You know, he'll be open more. He'll have slashing opportunities. Um, you know, like, they, they, Dibs, if he's learned anything, might be able to write a plays for RJ and Brunson combined. It, it'll, it's just going to be a nice little tandem. Yeah, I think it'll it'll he'll really um, add some relief for Julius Randle and RJ Barrett's responsibilities as the primary ball handers and offensive machines on the team. Yeah. And... Um, you know, I think JB's ability to move off ball too is going to be really key. My one concern is going to be, um, and we can, I don't know if we want to transition into potential lineups or if we want to transition to something else or keep talking about Jalen Brunson, but is defensively. Um, I didn't really get a lot of opportunities to observe Brunson defensively last year. And I mean, he is a small guard. Um, I don't know, you know, of his like competent competence on the perimeter. Um, but I, I know, you know, that a lot Dallas did have, you know, some decent perimeter defenders, Dorian Finney-Smith being one of them. Um, so, you know, there were ways to sort of like hide, you know, a poor defender like Brunson on defense, not calling him poor. I'm just saying based on his size, you know, an easy mismatch. Um, I have concerns about, you know, him and Fortier starting in that 
in in that in that one two spot as defenders. But again, you know, we can we can talk about this now or talk about this later. But hoping you know a lineup a closing lineup may be different than an opening lineup where you may actually insert Quentin Grimes into that role instead of Fournier. That might sort of ease some of my concern because that'll sort of be down the stretch. Um, so that would be, my, that's really my only concern, but because, y- y- you know, those mismatches will get exposed in like the playoffs and stuff. Um, you know, God willing, we make it that far. But other than that, I think, you know, this was the signing to make. We got him on a good deal, especially with the salary cap going up, like I said. So let's say he's 28 and we want to move on him, but we really want to get that big fish with the war chest that you said. Um, we can make a move in 20, you know, 2025, 2026 or not. Or, you know, Brunson is our guy and we keep him. But either way, I mean. You want to look at the paid point guards. I mean, I think Terry Rozier, Mike Conley make more money than Jalen Brunson. He's like the 20th most paid guy at the point guard position. Like, we're good, man. Like, people just want to shit on the Knicks. You know, they always want to find a way to, like, say, wow, what a joke. Oh, my God, the mid three, you know, like Brunson, RJ, and Randall. But Knicks fans aren't clamoring like we're winning a chip this year. So I don't really understand the hate, but that's a whole different avenue. I can go down. I just want to compete. A hundred percent. And Brunson's going to be that competitive nature that that they need. Um, I mean, going back to the lineup situation, um, you know, there's been back and forth about it all summer long. uh, And I think Thibodeau more or less confirmed that nothing's really changed from what we expected. Um, Starting five seems to just be the usual plus Brunson in place of Kemba Walker and Alfred Payton. And well, Alfred Payton didn't play with Fournier, but. Um, you know, so that backcourt's probably going to stay the same. Brunson and Fournier are not the best defensive duo. Uh, I do know that early on, uh, after Brunson or right before he was signed, there's that little graphic that showed Brunson's defensive metrics compared to like Derek Rose, uh, quickly. Um, was Kemba there? I think Kemba Walker was there. I don't remember, but, um, you know, in contrast or in comparison to all three of them, um, you know, the Knicks guards were already like, like they were boasting some high numbers. Uh, Brunson was down on a lot of them, but uh, he did still hold up. I, th- I think a lot of it just depends on his effort. You know, if he's trying on defense, that's already good enough for me because um, he is small. So, you know, he has to be a little bit scrappier than most. Um, but like, you know, Fred Van Leet's short and also just a legitimately good defender. I don't That's see why Brunson point. I don't see why Brunson can't at least like get midway to that performance. You know what I mean? That's a good um, point. And Thibodeau is a defensive minded coach. You know, he does make yeah. better defenders out of his players. Exactly. We he gets the it. best out of them. Uh, he can get the best of them on yeah. that end. And uh, despite at- his signing, you know, he's not you know, one of the positives about Tom Thibodeau is that he's not gonna let Jalen Brunson uh, you know, like Jalen Brunson will pay the consequences if he doesn't commit on defense, you know, unfortunately, you know, I I actually, I hope, you know, we've seen Thibodeau be a little bit inconsistent in holding players accountable, Um, you know, showcase Julius Randle for this last season, matter of fact, but um, I got to think with Jalen Brunson, you know, his dad's a part of that coaching staff, you know, they know what to do. So that I'm putting my trust in them, at least in enforcing, you know, this guy who could be a defensive liability at times to commit to put you have more effort on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny enough, uh, I wasn't 
we don't have to talk about it at all, but you mentioned the Rick Brunson is one of the assistant coaches and also currently going on, I believe is still an investigation to the tampering that the Knicks might've partaken in. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, but I mean, like I, it, it was all leading up to it anyway. Like, you know, Julius, uh, Allen Houston, worldwide West and whoever else went to that Dallas jazz game. Um, you know, incidentally, Brunson was on the market and then Donovan Mitchell's has always been like in murky water with Utah. So like we didn't really know what was going on there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that happens. And then the Knicks signed Br- Rick Brunson and it's like, ah, okay, we see what's going on here. Um, not surprising. Um, I do think the Knicks get punished. If it's anything more severe than like a second round pick or something like I'm, I'm done with the NBA at that point. Uh, you know, that's it. That's the that's last even, Yeah. Like <laughs> that's not even, that wouldn't even be like the worst thing. That the that a team had to have done to tamper. So, I just I just foresee it like the Knicks for clicks the Knicks for clicks moments like the PTSD of just like something bad happening and then it's like oh my god always the Knicks. But uh, that tampering thing's like obsolete to me. I don't even give a shit. Um, yeah, I, I'm I, just happy where we're at right now. My quick two cents on that is like I mm. think everyone's tampering. You know, oh, you just yeah. want to set an example. The you know, I think the Knicks are the most valued team in the NBA, or is it the Lakers? I'm not sure. I think the I think Knicks are one. still the number one most yeah. valued, and the Lakers are just short behind. Right, so maybe like point eight million, point eight hundred million is what I meant. Uh, whatever. I Either way, if you want to make an example of a team, that's. The, it, that would be the team to do it. So hopefully, you know, the consequences aren't too severe. If they are, it's just bullshit. Yeah, um, exactly. But sure, maybe there was tampering. Every team tampers. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. So it'll just be like, it's it'll just be for optics at that point. It won't even yeah. actually be like they're trying to break down the law. So that, that's just yeah. my two cents. I mean, Draymond Green texted Kevin Durant. They The Warriors needed him one summer. And the next thing you know, July 4th, he's with Golden State. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that shit happens everywhere and often. So, um, exactly. but yeah, uh, you know, as far as Nick's back, you know, back to the main point, um, lineups and stuff, there, there's bound to be some changes. You know, mm-hmm. I, I personally would want Grimes in there. I think he did earn his keep last year, but he was a rookie and Thibodeau's also just a hard ass. So we're probably just going to see a lot of Fournier, Brunson, RJ at the three, Randall, and then Mitch, who yeah. right, rightfully so also got extended, by the way. And I think at fair value, personally, um, had his best season of the year last year. I mean, in terms of like longevity, durability, uh, his efficiency obviously is less than that one year where he broke Wilt Chamberlain's record, but um, that doesn't even matter much. You know, he's he's been trying. He put it, he put effort out there this year that uh, I don't think we've seen in years. So. Going into year five now, is he? Year, um, this is, I think this is year four for Mitch. Actually, no, because Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox were rookies together, right? Yeah, and so is Luka Doncic, so you got to base it off of Luka. This is year five for Mitch, yeah. Uh, um, I think, you know, raw numbers, like points per game, rebounds per game, you know, they've been pretty consistent on what his, his on his ability. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, defensively, he really is that anchor where, you know, if guys get beat off the dribble, you know, uh, 
you know, they can sort of fall back on Mitch. And like we've seen his impact on our team is, is so, so crucial. Um, and I think it's just good to like, I know he's had so many agents in the past, you know, few years and like that. Yeah. I don't know what that's a reflection of, whether it's like his personality or, um, you, you know, any other factors at play here. Um, but, you know, I think it was inevitable to resign him. You know, I, I've been clamoring to pay him. You know, I didn't want us to like not pay him and like draft Jalen Duran. It's like you're just you're just like recycling the work of player development you just did with this guy. You know, there's still a lot of disciplining Mitch needs. I'm looking at free throws when I say that. Um, and I'm looking at, you know, being able to land a bit more properly, you know, when he's either like jumping for a block or he's you know colliding with players. Um, and, uh, you know, I think what the, the effort is there. Um, I think he likes playing for New York. I think he's a really self-critical dude for sure. Um, and I'd like to see him, you know, I know his role is really just being this like center, but like we saw him on very, very minute occasions last season, take the ball off the dribble, like randomly. And I'm like, yo, he can be a bit more versatile. I know he said he was working on threes this off season. He needs to work on free throws. Like he will not be a factor in the offense shooting threes, but as the, as your career progresses as an NBA center, he's in year five right now. We have him for the next four years. If he can hit, if he's good for one three a game by year eight, I'm not going to be mad. But I, I just wouldn't yeah. expect Thibodeau to use him like that kind of center this year. Um, yeah, no, no but, he's too agile to just be staying up and too tall, like to be staying yeah. up by the three point line. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think finding Mitch like off cuts and slashing and, you know, just like those high screens and he just immediately dives down to the basket. Like yeah. that's, that's his bread and butter right there. Um, I mean, even if I, I've been saying like for the past few years, even if Mitch could somehow like, you know, like even just a 15 foot away from the basket jumper, just one, you know, a couple mid ranges a game. And if he can make them and knock them at a consistent clip, like that's already an improvement as well. But, um, you know, free throws are definitely the basis. He hasn't shot over 50% from free throw, I think, his entire career. Um, I could I could be misremembering that, yeah. to be honest. I think he did shoot 70% the one year DeAndre Jordan was there. But it was also, like, like one free throw game. I don't even remember. I mean, but, uh, his yeah, his career in free throws was his rookie year, and he shot 60%. So, I mean, you got to yeah. consider, if he improves his free throw shooting to 65 70%, he's easily a 15-8 and eight guy. But yeah, like, right now he's an eight and eight guy because when he gets yeah. to the line, he can't hit the, you know, he, he, he can't hit his free throws half the time, less than half the time. So yeah. that's obviously a big pain point with him. Um, and I think another thing with him that's really important is um, I already discussed, you know, the way he lands because you, you got to really like protect yourself and be vigilant on. Yeah. yeah I mean, injuries are, are out are in uncontrollable to an extent, you know, um, but Hell yeah, you have to I, be more self-aware. He, he falls weird yeah. on his ankles every fucking game. That's why yeah. like, the it's fact that, that he played about but... 72 games, I think he played 72 games last year. Like that, the, that's a miracle to me with how often he's fallen on his feet and like hurt himself the past few years. Yeah, I know. It's crazy to say that, but it's a miracle for me too. But I think one thing that I have seen him improve on as I've been watching over the last few years is like biting on a lot of these pump fakes. I think he's um, improves on that. Like as the season goes on, I noticed like the first 10, 20 games of the season, he gets really like, you know, anxious for that, but that's just discipline that you got to know guys are going to pump fake guys. Like as a center, like one thing I don't understand is like, yo, like people respect your ability to block the shit out of them. Like they're not just going to, 
half the time, these guys aren't just going to go straight up at you. Like, yeah. you got to realize, like, you got to go with the pump fake because, like, if you don't budge, they're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck. And it just creates more difficulty. So that sort of needs to be jammed through his head, man. Like, yo, look, people respect your ability to defend. So, like, you can't just jump, you know, like at, every time someone, like, fakes a shot. Yeah. That's how, uh, you know, Gobert's made his living, too. Um, you know, coming into the NBA, he was averaging, like, four and change blocks a game. Um and, you know, because people weren't used to him, they didn't think he could get everything. He's got, like, a standing reach of 9 feet, 10 inches. Um, and I think even Gobert might have started out with that, like, fighting for pump fake stuff. And then now look where he's at, you know. Uh, just learning to be stable on the ground and also just keep your hands straight up. Like, Mitch Mitch is very handsy as well, so he might yeah. not bite for the pump fake, but he has his hands on guys' backs a lot. Um, and I think it would benefit him to, like you said, kind of just learn how to stabilize himself and just be more present on the ground than jumping up in the air. You don't have to jump for every block. He's like seven feet tall. He could get away with not even leaving his feet. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, we um, saw that a, a few times last. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, Mitch Robinson's had a number of games where he's had a good amount of blocks. He's played crazy good defense and he's been, I think, I don't know if it was this year or a year prior that he had like a game saving block at one point. Like, you know, he could be Tolls, that guy. It's like, it's like a four-year $60 million contract, something along those lines. I think so. Yeah. $17 million think, this year, and then it's de- it, 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 it's declining. Yeah, and then it descending. decreases until 2025. Yeah. It does decline, yeah. Or it I, does uh, descend, rather. I think RJ's extension is also descending, if I'm not mistaken. But I could be making that up. Well, that's I, a I good transition point into RJ. Um <laughs> The hero. RJ, yeah, RJ contract. Um, you know, he got that he got that four year hundred twenty million dollar. <laughs> there we go, baby. Check out the bobblehead. Star J. He investors, got that four year a hundred twenty million dollar contract. Um, you know, in the midst of the Donovan Mitchell trade, which some would argue like like or the, the potential Mitchell trade was so that some would argue that could, could have stalled arguments. Um, but like they had to get something done. Um, and RJ's contract is actually ascending. So by the oh, end of the contract, okay. 2026, he's going to be making 29 million. Look, I think knowing that the ability of the player he is, I'll just give my two cents. You know, he's our third round draft pick. He's definitely our best young player. Easily, 100%. I mean, look, the dude averaged 20 points per game last season, and he, you know, didn't have the best efficiency, like a little under 41% from the field, 32% from three, a decline in his numbers, and then free throw shooting from the year before. However, you got to consider his, sure, it's a whole season conglomerate of points, but, you know, the RJ that I'm okay with us giving that much money to is the RJ we saw post-January. Because early season, he always has, like, this rough start, and that's no excuse. But, the, honestly, there was a role confusion. You know, who, how much of a responsibility is Kemba going to get? How good is Kemba? So, you got this guy Kemba here. You got Randall thinking he's the man because he was, rightfully so, the year before. And then RJ kind of trying to, like, fit into the loop there. And then RJ had COVID, and he got a little bit hurt. And I think, honestly, those numbers – that October to January number skewed his numbers where he would be looking, you know, way more valuable at the end of this season. But me as a fan watching every game, as I know you did too, Rob, I saw enough that I needed. I think we got him for a steal, especially if this year he 
you know, improves his efficiency. He starts shooting 45% from the field. He starts shooting 38% from three and his free throw shooting improves, which he said that he worked on. And he, if he gets more of a bag man in the mid range, dude, like his numbers are going to go up. And I think people are going to be like, wow, you know, the Knicks got RJ on a steal of a contract. And I think that's a very real possibility. Yeah. And I would say that most Knicks fans even see that potential. They've been seeing that potential bloom since his rookie season. Um, RJ had a rough rookie year because he was surrounded by Marcus Morris and Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, and then Mitch was still there anyway. But, um, you know, like the context of his playing is definitely something to consider. Uh, This post-January stretch that RJ had this past season was incredible. I mean, like, I will never forget when I'm standing in a casino in the Poconos hearing RJ has 30 at the half, and I then made an admission to get to the TV to watch the rest of the game because I needed to see what happened because he was killing it, man. Um, yeah. You know, I, I just don't see how people see... He's had multiple flashes and signs of, like, being a very good player and just people that follow this team that swear up and down that he's just overrated and, like, he's inefficient and he's the worst, but not taking into account the fact that he's had to basically go against the grain by, like, trying to play alongside Randall, who's a hothead and egotistical at times or narcissistic. Um, he had to play with a point guard that literally could only drive to the basket 60 times and pass out on a sloppy play. Like he fucked up the play, you know, RJ Barrett being the lead dribbler and stuff. I don't think is necessary. I think he'll actually thrive with a better ball handler. Like I was saying earlier, Brunson, um, and just being more comfortable in his shot taking and, you know, positioning on the court, like you said, if he he develops that mid-range a little bit, I mean, we've seen him take a couple middies. I love it. Um, there was that one play this year that he, ironically, uh, he didn't really cross up Donovan Mitchell. I guess he kind of did. But he had that nice little behind the back that turned into a fading lefty mid-range um, and, you know, went in. looked pretty cool. And I want to see more of that, too, because, like, you need to be able to be a three-level scorer to be a relevant player, especially on the wing. Yeah. Um, because if otherwise you're just kind of forcing yourself to be relegated to just like a three and D guy or, you know, you're not a creator in any way. Yeah. And yet there's also statistics that I'm, I'm almost positive. That I saw that RJ had like one of the best assist rates or something uh, for his position this year. Um, I forget, I think it was NBA the account on Twitter, NBA university or something, pop something up. I, I wish I had remembered what the number was, but you know, like he, he, he's got, He's got the tools. He just has to know how to use them properly. And we hope that now year four, he's worked on everything again and he comes in hot. You know, we don't want to see another slow start to the season. Like you said, he's done it past couple couple years. Yeah. Well, the pressure is on, you know, he's got to put his money where his mouth is. You know, he's saying the Knicks are going to shock the world. Um, I believe him though, man. I saw a guy. You know, that was like our best young player getting praise from LeBron, getting praise from, you know, a bunch of other people. James Harden, Jimmy, you know, Butler. Jimmy Butler, you know, that second half of the season where it was clear that like Randall just couldn't, you know, be that leader that we needed. And I think mm-hmm. the most important thing is with RJ is that he's built for New York, you know, like his personality wise. um, you know, I see a bit of an ego there, but, you know, reasonably so. The guy works, you know, super hard. And I think, you know, in the press conferences and the way he talks to the media, he knows how to deal with a place like New York. Like, that's, that's you know, that that 
you know, makes a man out of you real quick. Um, and not only that, you know, I think his ability to improve, his ability to be self-aware knows limitations. You know, when Knicks Fan TV CP did that interview with RJ at the Puma shoe reveal, um, he mentioned, you know, I'm not the most talented guy, so I feel like I got to put in a little extra work than some of these guys. And I think that's a really reasonable chip to have on your shoulder. It's not a, yeah. a knock to you. Like, you know, a lot of guys do it, take advantage of their raw talent in the NBA and then they build on that or they are really talented and then they just sort of thrive off that and they don't really, you know, put in work to improve. You know, like J.R. Smith is a good example of that. Super, super talented. Could have been an all-star caliber player, but did he really put in the extra work? You know, who really knows? That's just my theory, but not to digress down that route. Um, I think, you know, RJ puts in the work. Uh, you know, I, I'm just going to be curious whether, you know, you know, I think he's our number one guy this season, but I think, you know, you got to be okay with like Jalen Brunson handling the ball in these late game situations too. Cause we got him for a reason. He's a young guy. You got to let him improve. Um, and it's not going to be like Kemba, like Jalen Brunson is a good player in the modern NBA. Kemba is past his prime. Kemba's done for all intents and purposes. So, um, you know, I think that's going to be, um, obviously the, the Brunson addition is going to be a big factor. Um, but Overall, man, yeah, I'm happy with the extension. He's our guy. I love RJ. You know, it's the last Knicks jersey I bought since Mello was an RJ jersey. So, you know, I mm -hmm. believe in him. I am realistic on, you know, what his ceiling could be. But there's no way he doesn't improve, dude. Like, there's just no way in reality that I don't see him improving. And that makes me really excited. Yeah, 100%. And honestly, I think we could just close off there, like, because – Preseason's about to start on the fourth, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, yeah. we get to see him play again, uh, see what he's worked on. I mean, knowing Thibodeau, all the starters are gonna play a good amount of all minutes. the whole game. <laughs> but yeah. I was going over the the box scores from last year, and I mean like mm -hmm. he did okay, I guess, but it was like there was thirty five minutes played by like RJ Barrett one game, and I'm like, Come on, man. You're just setting us up for failure here. But um you know, we get to see them get back in action on the fourth. Uh, you know, season's creeping up. Um, I forget the oh, the nineteenth. I think is the official start date. Uh, for at least for New York, yep. against Memphis. So, and um, yep. you know, just looking Playing forward to. It. I want to see where, where we where it's we are. Be a good game. I feel like we haven't really seen much like tape and footage of what they've been doing over the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, other than that, like uh, that charity game up in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't even with RJ. That was Brunson, Obi, and Randall, and a couple of like whoever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to see RJ play finally again will be nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be great. So, um, I'm happy for you know that signing. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about a few more things while we still have time before you know the games start. Hello. Sorry, sorry, my my uh my headset's like. Dying, but every time oh, I okay. wiggle the charger, it keeps going out. I heard you say you want to talk about a few more, and then it comes. Yeah, if you want to try to fit in a, f a few more things while we still have time, unless your headphones are dying. Oh, I mean, it doesn't matter to me. If you want to uh, raise some attention to something, feel free. Yeah, just a bit, a little bit of a highlighting, you know, of like our, you know, our youth entering, you know, year two and year three, respectively. You know, mm -hmm. guys are gonna, that are going to get big minutes, you know, OBIQ. Um, Grimes, 
Uh, Sims. I think Sims might still get. Oh Sims, no, but Isaiah Hartenstein. You know, so yeah, we if we want to briefly touch on another pickup, Isaiah Hartenstein, which I think is a phenomenal backup player. I think he's going to be so good for the bench, and I think you know if Thibodeau wants to experiment with lineups, which I doubt he's going to want to do, but if I was Tom Thibodeau, I'd like to you know have him play with Julius Randle a little bit. I think that'd be a phenomenal tandem because Hartenstein mm-hmm. is a center that can spread the floor and he has passing chops. He's a really good passer. So I'd expect a lot of lobs to OB with that tandem. I He's think also IQ, an exceptional rim protector. Exactly. So you add that. I think, you know, it kind of sucks that it'll take some minutes from Jericho because I think, you know, his development will be key, but Jericho will find his minutes and we yeah. signed him the guaranteed contract. So, you know, he, we, 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 we have him for uh, now in the near future. You know, IQ, um, I'm really interested to see, you know, what kind of bag he's going to display because I think he's going to improve. And I could see him going up to 13, 14 points per game, really trying to, you know, make a role as a six man here um, on this team as like our bona fide six man. We should be getting D Rose back, um, who apparently lost tons of weight and hasn't weighed as little as he does since his rookie season. Um, Back to his rookie weight, he said pretty sick yeah so you know i i think d rose was a major loss last year but also you got to consider you know we didn't have d rose or kemba so there's really no actual you know decent point guard that could defend last year um so now you had jalen brunson and then you had d rose you know i think it'll be great to have him back and you know he he wants to be on our team d rose you know everyone loves d rose so yeah man um, it, that'll be good to see him. And then Obi, man, you know, we've seen Thibodeau talk about how like him and a Randall lineup, you know, has been inflated because of like blowouts. Uh-huh. Doesn't really make me happy to hear that because we watch the games too, Thibodeau. Like we watch the games too, Tom. Like you can't tell us, you you can't gaslight us, man. That's what he's doing, acting like. Obi can't get more minutes and Obi and Julius can't play together, but he's got to find a way to play Obi more than 20 minutes a game. It's really non-negotiable at this point. I think, you know, my biggest thing here, Rob, that I just want to say is mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing these guys play and I expect and reasonably so that they will get significantly more minutes. You want to know why? Because despite me enjoying me liking them, not trade these young guys for Donovan Mitchell, if you're not trading them for a reason, that means there's a you gotta play them now. You can't yeah. like just hold them back on trades and then like not play them. That's not how this works. Like that means you see value in them. So now you need to display that value, so the yeah. rest of the NBA can see that value and then they can contribute to winning basketball. Um, and you know, and that's all I want to say. I, there's a whole Cam Reddish debacle. I, I just don't know where you're gonna find him minutes as much as yeah. I like Cam. You know, I don't know. You know how we, where you're gonna find minutes of him and and. You know, that trade for Kevin Knox and like giving up a pick, you know, yeah, sure. We got off Knox, but you know, what are we doing? You know, I think you got to You should have tried to make a move and trade cam. I think maybe they'll try to fit him in for minutes and they'll try to get like a second round pick for him. But, I, you know, I just don't know what they're doing with that. Yeah, the Cam Reddish debacle is a whole other story, to be perfectly honest, because um, we did. You, we traded a first. Uh, granted, it was a first that the Knicks were never going to be able to use, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. Good but, part. you know, you had to trade a first and Kevin Knox just to get Cam Reddish, who ultimately played, like, how many games before getting hurt? And then, you know, now he's kind of just even further down the depth chart with Quentin Grimes stepping up, um, Fournier's there, Barrett's there. Um, I mean, right. at, at the end of the day, like, Alec Burks being gone mm-hmm. kind of helps. 
That does help a lot. Um, one sec, one sec. I'm sorry. Everything got all messed up. Oh, you're good. And I loved Alec Burks, but where is it? Boom, microphone. Hold on. Sorry. Ah, oh, there we go. Hello? Yo. Oh, okay. Um, but Alec Burks being gone kind of helps Cam Reddish here. Um, because you know, he was taking some of those wing minutes off the bench. Uh, Grimes will be more so probably. Well, actually, I guess if you run the three guard lineup of Rose quickly and Grimes, then it's kind of back in the same yeah. position. I, I just but I don't. I, too, there too is still some potential of getting Burks. British involved, um, but I don't think it's going to be much. And I think it's better to just move on from him and give him opportunities elsewhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't too much agree with the Alec Burks thing, just because he was mostly a starter, and we mm -hmm. saw him at the point guard a lot. So he wasn't really taking up too much wing minutes. It was just like, you know, Reddish, Reddish was fine on the bench. Uh, I hear a huge echo. Oh, myself. sorry. Yeah, no, that's that's my fault. I'm sorry, man. This this you're charger good. cable has just been missed. I'm just going to take it out for now. You're good. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, we can we can wrap up uh, soon. I just I just wanted to, like, touch on the bench and stuff. Um one more thing I wanted to touch on, though. You know, I, I agree to, to end that point. I'm looking forward to, you know, quickly topping Grimes improvement and Reddish, you know, I'd love to see him play, but I think, you know, the experiment's kind of over. I think you got to make moves on that. Yeah. Um, At this point, Reddish is just like a plug and play when somebody gets injured. That's it. So you like the depth is, don't get me wrong. The depth is, is huge key. As DJ Khaled would say, major key. It is. The depth is a major key. Um, last thing I want to touch on is Julius Randall. Real mm. quick. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's the elephant in the room, so. Um, he's the elephant in the room, man. I, I would truly, like, my, uh, all I really have to say about Julius Randle, because he's been such a trending topic anyway, but, like, I, I would like to see him just go go back to, like, normal. He, he, he got a little too in his head, I think, last year, um, after being the guy and having that all-NBA season the year prior. You know, everybody obviously loved him that year, and they trusted him, but then he kind of just fed into it too much. Um, I liked his comment that he said, uh, I think on media day or whatever, basically how he learned that like being a leader is easy when things are going good. But when it's not, you know, you got a lot more responsibility to have. This is all paraphrased. Uh, but I, you know, I want him to, yeah. to practice what he preaches. I want his, I want him to put those words to, to, to life and show like, look, I can be, that guy still the, the guy that got you to the fourth seed had an all NBA season had like historically great numbers. And, um, you know, just getting back to that because we haven't traded him. So the Knicks clearly see something in him or they're just having trouble. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's always going to be a back and forth about it, but if they're not going to trade him and he, he's going to be here for the remainder of his contract, like at that point, he's got to step in and step up and eat, you know, like I said, practice what he preached in that uh, presser. Yeah. He's got to talk to talk. I mean, I appreciate the self-awareness. Um, you know, I think the reason we haven't traded him is because you don't trade this guy when his value is that low, you sign him to the contract. I think it's really all optics with trading him. And also you don't want to give up on, you know, this guy that did lead you to the playoffs in 2021. But, you know, I think like, mentally, I don't know that he's built to be this, like, obviously he's not the number one. I don't know if he's built to be this leader guy. I just want him to stop thinking he has to be after that one season. Yeah, you know, no. I think Jalen Brunson can really improve his game. I think Randall can be 
really good being used in the pick and roll, not dribbling the ball, taking the ball up too much and hogging the ball, um, you know, taking these like isolation jump shots, man. And I think, you know, if he really just gets his ass on the floor, diving for loose balls and shit, man, people are going to be happy. Like, that's really all people want to see, man. Like, I think it could be okay to reduce his minutes a, re- a little bit. He doesn't need to be this 38-minute-a-game guy. 32 yeah. minutes, 30 minutes. Because I think a lot of last year, too, was burnout. Like, he was playing a lot of minutes, and then you see him, like, all tired and lethargic. And he, there was really, like, no relief. It was, like, him and RJ. And, you know, I think, like, for example, him and Evan have developed a nice tandem. You want to play those guys together. I think him and Obi can play together. Him and RJ have been playing together since RJ got drafted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they know how to play together. Yeah, um, they've been acclimated a little bit. Yeah, I think Jalen Brunson is going to help his game. Um, it's really, it's, dude, his play this season is dependent on his decision-making completely. Mm-hmm. You know, who does he want to be on this team? Does he see himself as the number one guy as the king? Because if he does, it's not going to work. But either way, man, you know, the future of this team is not going to revolve around him. And if he gets his value up and we can get some something for him, we can get a pick. We can get some more young players. That's the obvious route to take here because you got Obi Toppin, who's mm-hmm. now about to be 25 somehow. Um, and he's your <laughs> power forward, man. I mean, it's he he's more of a modern power forward. Um, and you know, you got to find a way to, to really bring Obi into that role. And, and it's not Julius's fault in this, but he just takes more minutes from Obi and Tibbs isn't going to play them together. So, you know, I believe in Julius Randall. I saw what he's capable of doing, but yeah, he's got to realize, you know, when things get tough, things are tough. We've seen, we've seen things get tough and we've seen RJ 21 years old, go to the, the podium stand and have to speak. We've seen him deal with that. He knows that that's why everyone respects RJ, regardless of some bad shot selection and missing free throws and like his flaws, we see his ability, you know, like as, as a leader, Randall's gotta, yeah, you gotta understand, man, when things get tough, like that's when you really are a leader. Being a leader has really nothing to do when things are good. You know, it's really easy, really easy to be a king when things are prosperous, but in wartime, what kind of king are you? You know, that's really what it comes down to. So, um, look, I believe in him, but you know, this is really the last straw, man. This is kind of it, like this season and everyone, everyone, front office, coaching staff, players on the team, fans, we all kind of know it too. Yeah. So, you know, we'll leave it, leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, you know, there just is like a final touching note on Randall. Like we saw what he was doing this year. He waved off Obi's hands. He waves off Evan Fournier's hands. He's fighting with a laptop guy on the sideline. Yeah, man. You know, it's, it's he's yelling at everybody. Too, he, he's he walking off many... the cart and throwing the ball after a win. I mean, like I, I spent me and you and, all the Knicks fans spent too much time complaining about this guy last year. We know, you know, the shit he fucked up on. It's just, you know, for a yeah. fresh, clean slate, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would like to see him start fresh and like, you know, even the people that want him gone, just like kind of like be temp, like lower the, the temperament against him. And then just, if he starts with the bullshit again, every then right he'll start fresh like, again in Sacramento or something. Ex- exactly. Like <laughs> just, just get him out of here at that point. But yeah. you know, I guess I, we'll, we'll see starting, Two days from now, um, you know how things turn out. Well, we'll we'll really see versus Memphis. Yeah, but, that, you know, I'll, the, I'll be inter- I'm interested to see him play with Jalen Brunson, you know, on, yeah. on Tuesday. So, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I'm gonna definitely tune into that game. Um, For but, sure. Uh, but yeah, football has started, my brother. So I think it's time we cut it, 
cut this shit off. Um, let's go, man. Let's go Jets, two and two, please. Yes. Steelers suck. They do suck, and that's what I'm hoping I could go watch as the Knights Jets win. Um, be that'll you. be it from, from me. Unless, do you have anything else you want to mention, Nick? That's it, man. Let's go. Okay, quick prediction. Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. How about this? Win count, and then where do you think we'll end this season? I've, okay. Uh, my win count. I've 37 been, wins last year. I've been hovering around like 42. Yeah. And I think we probably end up like ninth seed. Like we're yeah. going to be in the plane, I think. Yep. I think. Dude, I honestly, my prediction is completely identical. I think 42, 43 wins. I think play-in, um, I could see us winning a play-in and then losing in like the second of the play-in or getting to the first round and like losing the first. Setting expectations reasonable. Yeah. Um, you, look, man, last year we somehow maneuvered 37 wins with that team. Exactly. And we, dude, and a lot of the games, like we do every year, we lose in crunch time because we can't close. So you got to factor in, you know, the youth improving and adding Jalen Brunson in a good closer, you know, we're going to, that's, that adds like five more wins at least. And, you know, we yeah. set those expectations. If they exceed them, then, then that's exciting. That's great. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody expects a fifth, sixth seed, like even a fourth seed again, uh, just because we got Brunson. Yeah. It's not um, happening. This, this is, is a, good. this is a stepping stone to yeah. getting back to relevance, but like, but in a competent way, not like a, a reach, yeah. kind of way um and you know i also maybe... have one more prediction we're gonna fucking beat the nets this season <laughs> we're gonna I, beat the nets i would love to say that we will too i don't know if we're gonna r- rule the series i don't know man ben simmons uh, coming back is a little uh little nervous i don't think we i don't think we even beat him last year at all in no single game i don't think we did either no, yeah we're gonna beat him this year though so I'll I'll be there right with you, brother. I, I, I'm always going to want the Nets to lose to the Knicks. So, yeah. All right. Tape. Yeah. Yeah. Let's we go, we, we out of here. Uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as usual, you know, follow, like, subscribe, share. Uh, if you are watching as I update this on YouTube, check out these hoodies. They're very comfy and cozy. Get that I'm merch, su- baby. Sweat my ass off in it, to be honest. Rob is super cozy right now. He said before the podcast, dude, I don't know if I could do it. I'm so cozy. So that's how <laughs> if you're trying to get that cozy, get a hoodie. <laughs> Winter is coming. So that's it. All right, y'all. Peace out. Peace and love.